0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Go to the Bet Rivers app for all of your wagering needs uh, as we get ready. For, to embark on another football season right around the corner. College football will be underway uh, really this weekend, as a matter of fact. So uh, that'll, that'll be starting right up. NFL right behind it. Uh, so for all of your wager needs, go to the bet Rivers app for everything uh, that you need. And we'll have some stuff to talk about that we'll be doing in the football season. But we will do that in the uh, next couple of weeks uh, after Labor Day. Now, all right, it has reached a point that none of us expected it to reach. Okay, it has gotten it has gotten kind of crazy. The Yankees uh, have just completely collapsed here. Um, I, I don't even know why uh, Boone uh, feels questions about the bull season. I mean, it's almost comical, but um, here they are having now lost eight games in a row, nine out of 10. They are 60 and 64, 60 and 64. You have to go back a while to the last time the Yankees, 124 games into the season, were under 500. Um, Eight straight losses. They've been outscored badly. They've been embarrassed, uh, swept by the Red Sox. And here's the thing now. I mean, this is what it's come to. I'm watching this game because I I, I travel a lot this week, but I'm back here uh, today in New York. And the post-game analysis was almost like, hey, you know, the Yanks put up a good fight. They might have gotten, you know, ripped off or screwed by the umpires. Uh, hey, you know, they shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that. The umpires made a bad call. They made a bad reeling. Hey, the bottom line is we're talking about the Yankees. We don't talk about moral victories. We don't talk about that they fought hard. These are the Yankees. I mean, that's what it's come to. No one even acts like they're the Yankees anymore. I mean, now we're in the moral victories for the Yankees. That's how the post-game analysis is going to be handled now? Well, you know, they did fight. They rallied. I thought the game was over, you know, when it's 5-2. I can't believe they made a comeback. I mean, give me a break. Do you realize the level that they have sunk to? Do you realize the level, how poor their players, do you realize how badly the players have performed? Do you realize how inferior the players they're putting on the field are? are. They are awful. I said six weeks ago that this is the worst Yankee offense since Stump Merrill. Hey, it's not even a question? And while everybody is fixated on the call and making a big deal about the call, how about the fact that The Yankees can't get a big out late in the game. I told you all year I didn't trust the bullpen. The bullpen has completely, completely fallen apart in big spots like I told you they would. Number two, nobody mentions the fact that they had first and second in the bottom of the ninth and judge up. And he struck out. And then Torres up and he struck out. And Boone left himself with two men on base and nobody on the bench who could pitch hit for Mr. 098, who is now Mr. 095. Why didn't he, if LeMayu had to come out of the game after he got hit, why didn't Boone pinch run a pitcher? It's the backup runner on the base path so that he'd at least leave himself Cabrera to come up. Now, I'm not a big Cabrera fan, okay? He's not any good either, but he's better than Mr. 095, who you cannot leave up in that spot, but the Yankees had it because they didn't have nobody else to hit. And He knew he was going to run into him at the end of the game the way it was working out. Why did he not save Cabrera and put a, a pitcher in the run if LeMayo had to come out of the game? But they had first and second, bottom of the ninth, down and run, and strike out, strike out. Judge Torres. All right, listen, you can't ask Judge to do it all himself. Torres has already had some hits in the game. The bottom line, though, is that's what happened in the bottom ninth. They couldn't get a big hit. Well, Turner shows you. He's everything you want in a guy, okay? The Dodgers gave up on him. The Mets gave up on him. He made the Mets look bad. The Dodgers gave up on him. Now he makes the Dodgers look bad. He gets big hits in big spots because he's a hitter. He's a legitimate hitter, and he's wonderful in the clutch. But it's not about Turner. It's about the ineptitude of the Yankees at 60 and 64. And, you know, when Boone was asked today, and I understand the storyline is, hey, you want Boone, I know what John Heyman, I heard John's voice. I know what John's getting at there. He wants Boone to say they're done. I understand. That's the story. If he said they were done, Boone's not going to say they're done. But he did say, hey, let's not talk about, you know, down the road or getting a winning streak. Let's try to win a game. Let's try to come in here and win a game. That's what it's come to now. Let's try to win a game. Eight straight losses. You know, today, when you looked at this, as the Red Sox walked into Yankee Stadium and swept the Bombers, in, you know, really ugly fashion, swept them three straight games. I was looking at this today. The Red Sox today had one, two, three, four, five, and I'm going to count Duval, who's just a notch under. Six guys who had OPSs above eight in the lineup. The Yankees had judge. They started one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys who had OPSs under seven. And they finished the game with a 576 in the lineup, and they finished the game with a 398 in the lineup, and that's Mister 95 who got made the last out. He did hit the ball, so let's you know thank for you know the Lord for small favors. He did hit the ball. He did a fly ball to center field, so he didn't strike out the side in the ninth. But that is how bad this has gotten. They have so many players, and I wa- haven't wanted to name them by name because I, I don't, I don't want to do that to some of these guys. But let's be honest. If I run down this thing right here without naming any names, in today, guys who participated in today's game who shouldn't be on a team wearing pinstripes, One, two, three. at least four in the lineup who saw action today in the lineup, who do not even deserve to be on the team. Forget the fact that they have to rely on guys who should be utility players as key components of the team now. And then what next is going to happen is this. They're just going to shut Judge down for the season because – if rest is what is needed, surgery's out. If rest is what is needed, and you're worried about this becoming a chronic injury, which the specialists have said it could become if it's not handled right, why is he? Why, why would, he, would you still send him out there? So I expect him to get shut down sometime pretty early in September because there's no reason to play him. I mean, you want to say things like they, they quit or they, you know, they're not trying. Yeah, they're trying. Don't buy that they're not trying. They're trying. They're just not any good. They just don't have the ability that we have come to know as Yankee players. I mean, it is, you know, the Yankees used to have, in their halcyon days of the, you know, late 90s into 2000. They had a lineup so deep that they had a guy batting ninth who had 90 RBIs. They didn't have a guy on a team who could get 90 RBIs now. You could add up four guys, with, you could add up five guys in the lineup, they still wouldn't have 90 RBIs among them. This has gotten to the point where it's almost like watching a train wreck. I mean, you you know, you, you, you want to say enough already, but you're like, it can't get worse, can it? And the answer is yes. They are, I believe, 6-16 six since Judge came back. Everyone's waiting for, oh, when Judge comes back, watch what happens when Judge comes back. They're 6-16 six since he's come back. They have a lot of pitchers on the shelf. They brought in pitchers who had bad arms. They have a habit of bringing in pitchers that have bad arms. You have to stop throwing millions and millions and gazillions of dollars at guys who can't pitch. But they continue to do that. This team is old. As the sport gets younger and more athletic, they get older. It is old. In some spots, it's decrepit. And it is terribly put together. There is no left-handed balance. There is no table setters. There is no leadoff hitter. And there is not a closer. There's good arms in the bullpen, but there's not a closer. And I kept telling you that all year, hey, there are a group of guys who on a given day can pitch well, but they aren't going to get the big out. And we've been through, and, you you know, you can flip on anything, any day, and, you know, everyone's talking about the Yankees. Of course they are, because, listen, when you critique sports, the negative is the the constant. And when it gets to this level, well, you can bang on Boone and bang on Cashman and bang on Hal all day. Because this team is sitting here 60 and 64 the Yankees. And they make you just shake your head. They got guys, you know, I'm telling you, I saw some bad Yankee teams in my life, folks. You know, I, as a kid, obviously came to being a Yankee fan as a youngster as the dynasty started to decay. It still had some good days because I remember 61. I remember 62 clearly. I remember 64 like it was yesterday. And obviously baseball then changed. The Yankees weren't able to sign any player they wanted. You now had a draft. The American League had really been behind in, in signing black and Hispanic players which hurt them hurt the Yankees and hurt the entire American League and no one wanted to deal with them because they wanted them finally to stop dominating the sport like they did year after year after year after year, you know, decade after decade after decade and it happens, so When I was just growing up, I still had a couple of years of mantle to cling to, but he wasn't who he had been by any stretch after 64. He had his moments in 66, but then there'd always be that pulled muscle or that time on the bench. And then 67, 68, he hung around for the money. We know that. They used him. He hung around for the money. Hit 236. This was Mickey Mantle hitting 236. If Mantle had retired after 64, his whole PS for his career would have been over, over 1,000, over one point, you know, what we call 1,000, 000, 1. 1.0, 0, which is an incredible career. That's how proficient he was. And then those last four years dragged down his batting average, dragged down some other numbers, did allow him to hit 536 homers. But I watched those teams decay, and I watched them finish last. Then I watched them try to build around Bobby Mercer and Jerry Kenny and Thurman Munson and then make the trades that would lead towards 76 with the Indians and bring in Nettles and Shambliss and guys like that and turn the Mercer-Bonds trade into Mickey Rivers and Ed Figueroa, that led to championships. I remember, and we all, maybe some of you remember the Stump Merrill years. You're not going to remember the Horace Clark years. You're not going to remember the late 60s years. You're not going to remember the lean 70 years when the Yankees even if they were playing well, would be scared to death if the Orioles came to town. I mean, the Yankees could be playing well. They could be running through a great time, and then the Orioles come to town and just embarrass them. Robinson, Robinson, Powell, etc. The great pitchers. Orioles own them. See, when I was a kid, I hated the Orioles. I didn't hate the Red Sox, because the Red Sox were a non I hated the Orioles because they just the Yankees. Frank Robinson used to rub their noses in it. So some of you haven't seen that. Some of you grew up, a lot of you grew up and cut your teeth on the dynasty which it was that was built in the middle to later 90s. And all you know is playoffs. And for a while, all you knew was championships. If you were old enough or a teenager in those years or a young man in those years, you saw the Yankees win World Series after World Series and put together incredible strings of World Series victories and be there every year and have, the, the, and have golden performers in the postseason. From G to Bernie to Andy Pettit to Mariano and down the line we go. So you've been spoiled, and the franchise has been spoiled. And let's be honest, the Yankees have sold tickets in this era like they had never sold tickets in in their history. When they were around in the glory days of the 50s, the 40s, the 50s, the early 60s, they didn't draw great. They never drew anywhere near 3 million, forget 4 million, which they didn't see until Arod came to the team. The Yankees this year averaged 42,000 people per game. Now, I don't know how many empty seats we're going to see in September. A lot of them are sold, so they'll probably use them. But there will be empty seats, and attendance will start to fall off. It's just logical. It would be much worse if the Mets were good because they'd have an alternative. And they would take this alternative. This is a now town. This is a happening town. This is an event town. So if the Mets are in the postseason, they're going to flock to those buildings. Wall Street's going to flock to those buildings. New York's going to flock to those buildings where they're going to get October excitement. Remember, the 86 Mets, they were big. Those guys had a grip on the town. So it's not that long ago where the Mets actually did have a grip on the town. They had it in the 60s, late 60s. They had it at different periods and they had it in the 80s. But then the Yankees went to a level in the 90s and their brand became synonymous with victory. They became the franchise again. And that has been there year after year. So the Yankees are making money, folks. They're making it hand over fist. That's not the issue. Could they spend more? Oh, yeah. Do they want to? No, they don't. They want to play this game differently now. And that age-old battle that is going on in every, every front office, between the new age, which is going on in every business in America, the new age of artificial intelligence, intelligence, the world of analytics. That is the battle that is being waged. And what is the right mixture to build the ball club? This team has been very poorly put together for quite some time. They've been unlucky at times, sure. But they've had a very bad plan, a flawed plan. And one you would think has got to change, but don't be so sure it will. They've been extremely stubborn in recent years, despite really accomplishing very little. 2009, And remember the the money they spent going into 2009. It was extravagant for that time. 2009 is a long time ago. A very long time ago. And right now, they are at the lowest point they have been as a franchise in a very, very, long time they have a lot of work to do before you can look at them and really see them as Yankees again they're anything but that right now your emails when we return you're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com that's where you send your emails we we'll get as many as we can As for the Mets, hey, who cares if they have a winning streak or losing streak? We know the die has been cast with the Mets this year. How many home runs Alonzo has is interesting. The fact that Alonzo has been somewhat scapegoated here, are there issues? Yes. Has Alonzo been in the middle of it? Yes. Did he have a fight with DeGrom last year? Yes. Were there other problems on the team last year and this year? Yes. You didn't hear about him last year when they won 101 games. This year you're hearing about him all the time. If Alonzo goes, he better go for a hefty, hefty ransom. If he doesn't, keep him. 40 home run hitters don't don't come around very often. I know there's a debate about whether or not Rogers should see the field for the preseason game. I will deal with that. We get a little later into the week. I'll keep this to baseball in the emails tonight. All right, Richard, bigger disappointment in 2023, Yanks and Mets. Good question. Despite the Mets' spending and the level of ineptitude and how early they called the quits, I still think it's the Yankees. I thought both teams were flawed. I didn't think either one had improved themselves from last year. But I never thought I would see a Yankee season like this. So I ha- despite all the Met issues, I still have to say it's the Yankees. Because if you had told me that they were going to be 16-64, you know, with 10 days left in August, I wouldn't have believed it. Not 16-64. You know, lose the division? Yes. Miss the playoffs? Okay. 60 and 64? Didn't see that. Wesley, do you consider Mike Trout an all-time great? I've heard avid baseball fans say that he's generational. I've also heard that he's overrated. Well, he gets hurt a lot. We know that. And he hasn't won a lot. Here's what I would say about Trout. Wonderful talent. Nothing he can't do on a baseball field. He's a Hall of Famer. He's not an all-time great at this point. Not. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. He's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. As he approaches 400 home runs, I think he has 370-something. or Somewhere around there. Um, His OPS, I think, for his career is in the 990s, which is very good. That's Hall of Fame material. Um, like I said, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't want to call him an all-time great. David, do you think that Rob Salah can lead the Jets to a Super Bowl after being mediocre his first couple of seasons? Um, I have pointed to that being a, a very, very big concern of mine. I've told you the big issues that I have are... The offensive line, which just scares the heck out of me, and you've seen now where Green Bay has said that their talented tackles going nowhere. Um, I am concerned by the offensive line. I'm also concerned by the coaching staff. I don't think it's up to the level that the quarterback is going to take them to. Uh, I worry about both dramatically. I worry about them a lot. Do I trust the coaching staff? Not even a little. I think that scares me. Offensive line really scares me. I'd like to see them do something to improve this offensive line, scour where they can make a deal, uh, how they can get their hands on some depth and depth that could play. I just worry a great deal about the offensive line. It's so critical to what they're going to do. Ah, uh, so when do you when when do the Yankees come to their senses and fire Boone? Um, I'm going to tell you this again. You can make Boone the issue, but he's not the issue. Does that mean he's done a great job? No. Does that mean you can't replace him? No. But replacing Boone tomorrow, you can handpick anybody you want. You can have. You know, an aging guy who's had success. You can have one of the guys who's been a regular winner that is on the scene right now. You can have anybody you want. And if you tell me I plugged in the manager, how much better are we? I'm going to say very little. That's not going to make you that much better. The manager can mess things up, but... His strategy and his handling of the team is in only the rarest of occasions worth a lot of games. Francona has a good number of games because his players will respond to him unbelievably. He also handles the, the pitching very well. He handles the team very well. And he's a rare, rare manager. But if you're asking me who's the bigger issue, uh, what's the bigger issue, the manager of the front office, it's the front office by a mile. But I'm telling you, the owner's an issue. A lot of people don't see that. They don't understand it because they just look at the amount of money. Yankee spent money. Look, look look at the money. That's so simplistic, it's almost silly. Of course they spend money, but do you realize how much money they have? you realize how much the Yankees at 42,000 per game, which is second only to the Dodgers and is significantly higher than any team in baseball, other than the Dodgers that the Yankees charge the highest ticket prices that the Yankees Yankee fan, as he enters that stadium spends more money per capita per head by far than any fan baseball it's not even close he spends 40 for parking before he gets out of the car he buys an expensive ticket he gets hit with caps and buy this and buy that and jackets and jerseys and t-shirts and that that are all way overpriced but the Yankees don't stop there there are teams that get nothing for their radio deal Do you know what the Yankees get for their radio deal I do And for radio, it's a big deal. They not only have their own network that is a profit center, they are streaming. They're streaming here. They're on Prime. They're on Apple Plus. They're here. They're there. They're here. They're there. They're taking it from every angle with both hands. So, of course, they spend some of it. They have a fortune, they generate a fortune. Could they comfortably spend more? Absolutely, if they wanted to. You can't just, just look at the number and say, oh, look at the side cup. The Yankees are right here. Of course, they, they're doing everything they can. Yankees aren't doing everything they can to win. That's not, that, that really is nonsensical. But you have to understand how many revenue streams they actually have, they have them all over the place. And they're even selling the uniform now. They never stop. Eric, do you think the Giants offensive line is good enough to protect Jones this year? Yes. Yes. Still a little green in spots, but yes. And let's be honest. Daniel Jones' legs are a very big part of his ability to run a team. He throws a good deep ball. The head coach has cut out a lot of his bad throws and his interceptions, which is critical. That's coaching. But his legs are an enormous part of what he does. If you took his running away, he would not nearly be as efficient. Rob, I know Judge is great, but he's just as much a problem with his injuries part of it being great as being on the field. Well, listen, that is true. You have to be there to be great. But, listen, Judge last year carried the team at an extreme level. His wall last year was one of the highest in this century. It ranked with Bonds. It ranked with Mantle, 56-57, back to Ruth. You're talking about a war in the 12 range. He meant everything to this team last year. He dragged a team that had a lot of warts into the postseason. This year hasn't been the same year, obviously, for him. Last year was a magical year for him. There's some things about Judge I don't love, but it would be foolish to say that he's not a brilliant player, because he is. Mike, the Yankees feel disinterested, completely inadequate to the rest of their competitors, and the best way I can describe them is stale. Well, listen, when teams don't hit, when they're inadequate at the plate, they look like, you know, when you get two hits, you look like you don't care. You look like you're not trying. They're trying. They're trying. That's what's even sadder they're trying. Now, does that mean Stanton's going to bust the gut on the, post, on, on the on the base pass? He never has. He never will. Is Torres going to vapor lock in the field and on the base pass? Yes, because that's who he is. He's a good offensive player, but he can be just a clown in how many mistakes he can make on the field. He's got ability, but he also is out there sometimes in uh, Never Neverland. But listen, the Yankees are trying. Don't think they're not. They're just not any good. When you put up guys hitting 95, they are going to produce nothing. That's it. When you're putting in people in corner outfield spots who play like these guys, it's almost comical. These are the Yankees. The Yankees have always carried themselves with a, an arrogance, pomposity, but that's because they were good and they knew they were good. They didn't need you to tell them they were good. They knew they were good. They expected to win. And when you're good at what you do, you do expect to win. And all that has been just dissipated and melted away. And they have very little in the organization. I'm not one of these guys who goes ranking the minor league players. But the, I saw that the Yankees were ranked 22. I just know they're not bringing anybody up. Now, I think Volpe is a player. He has gone through a tough year. He's going to strike out close to 200 times. He's probably going to hit 220. That's fine. He's fielded his position well. He's been heads up. He runs the bases with a purpose. He's hit home runs. I would say overall, he's done a good job.
1: And he showed
0: that he has promise. I think he does have promise. Now, do I think he's going to be a star? I I wouldn't say that, but I think he's going to be a good, solid player. And he's going to get better. Between his second and third year especially, I think he's going to get much better. It might take him another year. But he's going to finish this year with 20 homers. And he's played his way through everything. And he hasn't allowed his slumps to affect his fielding. Now, he might not have the most range, but what he is is heads up. He wants to play. He likes to play. He plays heads up. I think he'll be okay. But there's not a lot of people you can say that about this team where you look at it and say, oh, that's a really nice piece for the future. There aren't many that you can say that about right now. And, you know, I've said this to people that I talk to the Yankees about. People I've known for a long time, people who are around the team and stuff. And I say, I say, I haven't liked the Yankee team in years. And that's a fact. Now, they still had some good seasons. They won a lot of games. They went to the postseason. They had their moments. So that's all true. But I've never embraced one of these teams in years. Because they've never felt like Yankees to me. They've lost that. And that is something that is very special. They need to find it. They really do. And how they design the club and how they go forward, they need to find it. They need to tap into that. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.